Welcome back, fam. It is week 12 of my podcast titled Her Healing Hour. I'm your host, Lisa, the Alkali Yogi. What a ride it's been so far. We've covered quite a bit of ground in the last three months. I actually can't believe that we've been doing this for three months already. I'm just grateful for the positive impact that this little podcast is having on so many of you. Because as previously stated to you, if I'm doing my job correctly, then two things will happen over time. Number one, your connection to your inner guide, and we all have this, will strengthen. Your ability to tap into your internal compass via your gut will come with more ease. And number two, your search for answers outside of yourself and in others will decrease. Instead, you'll actively engage and participate in harvesting your health and wellness from the inside out with potent and powerful wisdom that we all have access to with the occasional help from a team of professionals. In other words, these health professionals in your life, they're part of the team never the head coach in charge. That position should always be yours. And so today's episode is a brief roundup of everything that we've covered thus far. To serve as a reminder that you have tools and information right now that you can apply to your life. And by making these easy yet profound behavioral modifications, you'll see significant improvement in your overall well-being. I'm talking huge because you are a system of integrated systems. Isolation, separation, it's just merely not a possibility. And so when you improve one system, i.e. your hormone levels, everything else in the body improves because everything is connected. Your muscles, your tissues, your glands, your skeletal system, They all speak to each other and they all hold hands. Having said that, here's how you can reclaim not only some of your time back, but a ton of your power back. Week one, we talked about hydration. Stay hydrated. Seem overly simple? But it turns out that the universe, the one source, Allah, God, whatever name you wish to give her. She made it fairly straightforward. It's not rocket science or calculus, guys. If you notice that you're feeling low energy or lethargic or anxious or depressed, straight away, assess your hydration. Pinch the skin on the back of your hand. Notice how quickly it takes for the skin to return to normal. Notice how long it takes to lay flat again. If your skin doesn't return to normal quickly, you are dehydrated. If your lips are cracked, your skin is not elastic or supple, you're probably dehydrated. This is not the area to overlook or skimp. This is your base. Remember, experts across the board actually agree on this one fact, and that is you are at least 70% water. So, consider that to be your foundation. Don't cut corners. Anything with a solvent 
tea, tisane, something with coloring or additives. It's no longer H2O. So therefore it does not count. Source quality alkaline spring water, add a pinch of sea salt, bless it. And remember to drink your weight in pounds, divide that, divide that number by two. That number yields the water intake you should consume on a day-to-day -day basis in ounces. That's how you build the building blocks to health and well-being. Week two, we said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Actually, this was originally said by Hippocrates. But modern medicine has unfortunately moved away from this principle. Food was never meant to be our counselor or our entertainment. And like everything else, food actually serves a very important purpose. It regulates our hormones, our pH levels, our energy, and our body's natural ability to heal itself to name just a few functions that food serves. So maybe the next time, perhaps we visit our, before we visit our GP, we might want to take note and observe our nutritional choices. We can start by logging. Because like you, food is alive. But if you're consuming a disproportionate amount of processed dead foods, then you're not topping up in electricity. You're not charging your battery. And everything in life is electric. You are no different. You need to charge yourself with power. And that power is found in the food that you eat. Ever noticed how when someone's heart stops? At a hospital, that is. They try to revive that person by employing electric shock to sort of jumpstart their heart again. That's because you are electric. And as such, you need to replace whatever juice you've consumed the same way that you would replace the juice of your devices. Begin by eating right for your metabolic or primal, primal pattern. And then choose quality versions of the food on your plate. Purchase local and organic, especially when consuming animal flesh. Sleep, that's what we talked about on our third week. Sleep is nature's anti-anxiety and anti-depression remedy. In this episode, we talk about the most economical and maybe the quickest way to restore your mental, emotional, and physical constitutions. But it's more than the quality and the quantity the time that you sleep is important. It's not a mere formality. All three together make the bedrock to your health. The best time to sleep is between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. This follows the natural circadian rhythm of the sun and the moon. And quiet as it's kept, waking up to an alarm clock is actually quite horrible for the central nervous system. Yeah, I get it. It's one more habit that's been adopted in modern life, but it's also another habit that just doesn't serve us. You see, we're meant to wake easily and with the grand rising of the sun. And sleep over time has become more and more elusive as people find themselves stuck to their devices. And incidentally, the more time you spend in front of a screen or a monitor or with gadgets, the more difficult it actually becomes to access sleep. But if you're telling yourself that you already can't sleep and that's why you spend hours and hours glued to the blue light into the wee hours of the night, 
then I invite you to try avoiding electronics altogether at least two hours before bed. And try sleeping in a gadget-free room. Your time in bed is sacred. Use it for reading a wonderful book, making love, or sleeping. <laughs> You've got choices. On week four, we talked about thoughts and how they become things. I know, it sounds a bit like the secret, but what can I tell you? They're not really wrong. You see, thoughts create your perception, and your perception is ultimately your reality. So becoming an active participant in the creation process means you have to be able to take some sort of control, if you will, over the mind. Learning to still the mind, to observe your thoughts and then let them go, is the best thing that you can do for your mental health. You see, the majority of the thoughts that we experience on a day-to-day basis are actually negative. And those thoughts, they're taking up rent-free space in that pretty little head of yours. And what's worse still is that those thoughts are not even your own. That's right, you didn't even author them. You didn't write them. These thoughts are part of the collective consciousness and that gives you the opportunity to decide whether or not you even want to entertain certain thoughts. But first, you must learn to quiet the mind so that you can at least make out what's going on in there between all that chaos and confusion. You need to be able to sift and look at what's actually being said. And the best way to do that is to follow your breath because the breath is the path to peace. Ask any monk. If it were easy, monks wouldn't be dedicating their whole lives to this practice. Listen, you're already late to this party, but better late than never. (laughs) So just get cracking on it, okay? Wink, wink. (laughs) When you silence your mind, you'll find that it's actually impossible to feel depressed or anxious. And instead of being human, which is only one part of it, you start to become more of a being. We're human beings, but oftentimes we get up, we get caught up in being the human, which is the one that does and that performs and the worker bee, and that's very much rooted and grounded in this earthly existence. But the being portion of human being, that's the part that connects you to the one source. That's the magic in you. That's that intangible, indescribable magic, that essence of who you are which is far greater than anything that you're doing or accomplishing. Finding stillness in the mind allows for you to tap into that part of you where the universe will reveal everything to you. And when we're in our minds, it's just simply not possible to access that. And then in week five, we touched upon movement. Movement, well, movement is a phenomenal form of expression. And I'd venture to say that there are probably as many different styles of movement as there are foods to eat. I mean, let's not forget that variety is the spice of life and love. (laughs) And trying as many different activities as you can means staying healthy. And that doesn't require a gym membership. On the contrary, Functional movement aficionados or even wellness practitioners like myself will tell you that actually most gyms have fueled a multi-billion dollar industry for equipment and exercise machines that actually do more harm than good. 
Instead, mountain climbing, hiking, dancing, jogging, playing sports, and especially outdoors. These would be far better options as they are likely to mimic movements in your life. And so therefore you can actually strengthen yourself, strengthen yourself and your body while still having fun. We call that functional strength. <laughs> Not sitting down and performing leg presses. I mean, when would you replicate that in real life? Honestly, when does that particular movement happen in your real life? It doesn't. <laughs> and so like most other things in our modern life, you know, it wants to isolate things. And in this case, it's trying to isolate a muscle, which maybe it has a purpose at a time. I'm not saying it doesn't, but generally speaking, it's not purposeful because any kind of movement requires millions of, spe- of cells to speak to each other and glands and soft tissues and muscles and bones to all communicate in order to perform just one movement. All of these parts are holding hands and communicating to each other. And so in our day-to-day lives, we don't isolate. So why would we do that when we're training, right? Again, when I'm bending over to pick up a bag or I'm reaching over to put, bring something down, there are multiple things happening. And so our movement in order to keep us healthy, whether it's you know in a sport or whatever activity, should aid us in our ability to do those things that we do in everyday life and make us stronger in our day-to-day life so that we become less susceptible of injury in our day-to-day life. Week six, halfway there, we talked about your breath. This was a big one because the breath, it's elusive, it's magical prana that allows for your spirit to inhabit the body. You know, my students, when they take my yoga classes, I often will say to them, breath is as important as anything because oftentimes it's the first sign of life that we look for when we are looking at a newborn baby. And it's the last thing that we look for when a person is transitioning out of this life. All that time in between, all that time, your breath is carrying you, directly impacting your thoughts, your feelings, pH levels, overall health it's your anchor into your vessel mastering your breath is arguably the most challenging principle but it's also the most impactful i'd venture to say that if you master your breath then you have effectively mastered your life everything else is pretty much small fringling's potatoes after that folks Week seven's episode, whew, this one was a doozy, man, because we learned a lot, I'm guessing a lot more than we wanted to. (laughs) But here's the reality. Whether or not you believe 5G is dangerous or not, or you think it's a conspiracy theory, the fact of the matter is never before in the history of mankind have we been exposed to this much radiation. And it's pretty straightforward math that the more flesh is exposed to radiation, the more it cooks. That's exactly what's happening to us from the inside. The effects of this overexposure to electricity will become very evident in the years to come if we continue to move ahead like this without any regulations in place to reduce our exposure to EMFs. As they say, the proof will be in the pudding, not unlike nicotine and opioids. And sadly, and it brings me no joy to say this, we are the case study 
of what all this exposure to electricity, 24 electric, 24 hour electricity in the home, Bluetooth around our brains, and 5G everywhere. We are the guinea pigs in the case study of what will come due to that or from that. So, you know, I guess stay posted. <laughs> stay posted and, and let's pray for the best. But if you go back to that episode, I did give you some things that you could do. So I invite you to go back to week seven. <laughs> In the eighth week, what did we do? Well, that week, we actually debunked the myth that non-toxic and plant-based products were more expensive. Because not only do most plant-based products have multiple uses, but the other benefit is, and this factors into the cost, or at least it should if it hasn't for you yet, is that they omit the negative side effects of toxic household products and chemicals such as headaches, vomiting, accidental poisoning, and cancer are just a few of the negative side effects that come from using chemical-laden toxic household products. And besides, if I can be totally honest here, natural products, they just have way more cooler, innovative, biodegradable packaging most of the time, and cooler branding overall. (laughs) I mean, I can't help it that I find them to be aesthetically pleasing and I love the way that they look in my home. It just, it matches my decor and it fits my energy. If you don't know what I'm talking about, try swapping out for some natural based products in the home. (laughs) On week nine, week nine was about organic food. That was our combo of choice. And what we did that week was we debunked all this purchase and misleading science that conventional food is somehow on par with organic food. Now, most of you already have a gut feeling that it couldn't be anyways, because foods that are sprayed with rodenticides, fungicides, pesticides, how could they possibly be good for you or equally as good as organic food? And yet, shockingly, there are so many and I quote, studies that say just that. There's no real difference between conventional and organic. But what I came across whilst researching this topic was that most major universities have partnerships with major food manufacturers like Cargill, PepsiCo, Kraft. And so it's not surprising that the data obtained from agricultural studies of these heavily sponsored academic institutions favor conventional and processed food producers. And I think what's sad is that we live in a society where science has been hijacked by the wealthy and statistics that favor the rubbish that they're peddling to us as food. It's really, to me, no different than being in a relationship with a narcissist who's constantly gaslighting you. And I speak from experience. I say it's unhealthy and it's downright dangerous. We should just break up with these rubbish producers now. In our 10th week, you may have noticed at this point that there was a pattern here and that pattern was or is natural is the name of this game. If it's health and wellness that you're truly seeking, then you need to naturalize as much of your life as possible. I don't know if that's a real word or not, but it just made sense here. Our modern lives have come at the cost of much of our well-being. We have diseases that are lifestyle and autoimmune that didn't exist 150 years ago. So what's changed? We drank the Kool-Aid. 
They told us that we could replace natural food and medicine with plastic objects that only resemble food in their appearance, if we're being honest. And we replaced potent natural homemade household products with chemicals that are killing the environment and us. And while clothing or fashion is no different, because we are an integrated system of systems and our insides are constantly communicating not only with, it, with themselves, with itself, but with the outside world, we have to be around and close to natural fibers in order to facilitate that communication. What we found this, in this particular episode was that when we dress ourselves in synthetic fibers, the inside and the outside aren't able to communicate because their channels are blocked by something that is not real meaning it's not organic. So reverting to natural fibers, I'm pretty sure and I'm pretty confident when I say this, will probably improve your mood. I know that it will make your mind more clear and less foggy. I can tell you that it will improve your respiration immediately. It will restore your hormones and it will improve your sleep. And these are facts. And then week 11, last week. Last week we talked about vitamins. Given what we've unearthed thus far, it's not surprising that, my t- that vitamins are little more than entertainment. Another industry that's made billions of dollars for corporations and individuals alike that are simply not necessary and are probably doing more harm than good. You see, once again, Mother Nature is not a match for man-made anything. Mother Nature will crush man-made anything. And the best that we can hope for, you know, is that mankind will do better at some point and stop selling us, you know, products that are doing more harm than good in the end. It's not unlike in isolation and movement when we were talking about exercise and how you shouldn't isolate the muscles because it, it just doesn't apply to real life. Well, it's the, same, it's the same thing here. You know, your vitamin C that's found in nature, or your vitamin D or K, or your vitamin L, M, N, O, P. <laughs> These vitamins, when found in nature, are never isolated. No, they're not. Instead, they're in and around supporting, supporting minerals and other vitamins that actually work together to nourish you. They're communicating with each other. They complement each other. They activate each other. So my advice to you, that if you are not getting enough vitamins and minerals or nutrients by eating local, organic, whole foods, you still have the option to turn to herbs. Mother Nature has you covered. Need to add some iron that's actually bioavailable to your body? Then source yourself some yellow dock, also known as curly dock, or dandelion, or nettle, or Tef. Because won't she do it? <laughs> I'll say it again. Won't she do it? Mother Nature put everything that we need to be healthy in the soil. You may have to get your hands dirty to go picking, but it is there for you. On that note, I bid you adieu for another week. 
Thank you again for your time, your attention, and for holding a bit of space for me in your lives. I don't take it for granted. Please reach out to me and let me know what should we unearth together next. I'm always happy to take suggestions. And also, if you just want to say hello, reach out for that. I'm Lisa, the Alkali Yogi. You can find me on all social hands. Sorry, you can find me on all socials at the same handle, spelled A L K A L I Y O G A. You can also reach me at Alkali Yogi at yahoo.com, spelled A L K A L I Y O G I at yahoo.com. Wherever you find me, please be sure to stay posted. There will be upcoming events and retreats such as our wellness retreats at Usa Village, home of Dr. Sebi. And you won't want to miss out on that. From my heart to yours, please be well, stay well. Bye for now.